let's talk about digital identity, the podcast connecting identity and business. I am your host, Oscar Santolayo. Hello and thanks for joining. Imagine you have joined a new company and among the very first things you are meeting the IT manager, giving you some training about security And then they hand you uh, 40 pages guidelines that you have to follow. And that can be a nightmare for everybody. Some stress how I'm going to make sure that I will follow that. And on the other side of the story, of course, there are the compliance managers who really want that the company comply with these regulations or, or guidelines, security best practices. And how they make sure that everybody is contributing to that, to the, to the common goal. So for that, we'll have a conversation about compliance management. In for Hub, we have an expert who is Bengt Beria, who is a head of compliance management services at Cybercom. Bengt has been in the IT security industry since 1994, when building encryption systems for people in uniforms. Has been also a manager in an American big firm, has taken some time in the finance industry, and today works as a do-all guy at Cybercom. Some sales, some consulting, some business strategy, and is also a member of the Searing Group at Cybercom Secure, he's also the proud father and protector of Cybercom's products and services in the compliance management area. Hello, Bengt. Hello, good to meet you, Oscar. How are you doing? Oh, very good. I'm really happy to talk with you and talk about this very interesting topic, compliance management. So, so let's get started, Bengt. Let's talk about digital identity. And the very first things I would like to know, it's, it's a bit more, I say a bit in, in, in your bio, but tell us a bit more how What's your journey to this world of compliance and digital identity? Uh, I would like to start with uh, thanking you for your kindness, saying that uh, compliance management sounds very interesting. In fact, it sounds uh, really, really boring. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the people who got these PDF documents with all the requirements about what to do and what to don't, they, they deal with these in a very pragmatic way. They say thank you, they put the document in a bookshelf and they never <laughs> read it again. So <laughs> that's one of the tensions that we need to discuss in, in this podcast. Well, you asked me about my journey into this world of digital identities. So get back to that. I just needed to stress that thing mm -hmm. first. Yeah, as you said, I've been around in the IT security business since 96. So it's almost 25 years now. I got a master's degree in uh, computer science once upon a time and uh, started doing encryption stuff. Yes. When it comes to digital identities, I wrote my first commercial implementation of the RSA algorithm in mm -hmm. 96, I believe. It wasn't that good and it wasn't that fast, but it worked. <laughs> <laughs> and it was possible to sell. So, yeah, I've been around in the digital identities business ever since, really. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So you don't let me lie. So it's... <laughs> about compliance management it's uh, what you say is boring yeah okay but it's, it's very very important especially for organizations but for the ones it who are it can be super fun it can be super it fun it can be fun especially uh, the traditional uh, way is boring exactly yes. uh, that, and that's what you want to discuss today you know traditional way is, is boring but you are going to tell us how you are working on that. You have been creating products very innovative products and services but let's uh, still continue start with the basics Tell us, what is that? What is compliance management? Yeah, you know, I would say, what is the challenge of compliance management? Mm -hmm. Because when you have worked so long in the IT security industry as I have, and you worked with uh, companies that have been really, really hacked, I mean, really badly hacked, 
Mm. Most of the companies who get hacked or have an IT security incident, the most common system or platform to get hacked in is the system you didn't even know that you had. Oh. Right? <laughs> and the scale of things, if you go to that document that nobody reads, that has like 200 requirements saying that you must do things or you mm. shouldn't do things, and you like think of it as an Excel spreadsheet, you put these in the rows. And in the columns, you would put everything that where these requirements would apply. Every single system, every single platform, every single mm. process where those requirements are applicable. That matrix gets huge. And the scale of the implementation of the security framework easily comes up to hundreds of thousands of, are we compliant with this requirement on that system? That's a scale that we need to work with in compliance management. It's absolutely not about writing a document and telling people to obey. That's just not going to work. Mm. So, yeah, it's, it can be immense, especially in the size of, of organization. And that leads me to, to the next stop. It's how big an organization has to be to have a compliance manager or be, uh, be really into, into that. It's not really about size. Uh, size doesn't matter, <laughs> uh, <laughs> as, as I say, but complexity does. Mm, right. So... Think again, what is, a what is a challenge? Because if you want to do compliance management, there is a business area around that everybody knows of that handles this scale of the task easily, super easily. And they don't write PDFs and telling people to obey. So what it is, is I'm talking about the financial management, of course. Mm. I mean, every, every organization, Cybercom or uh, UbiSecure, you got finance people, right? Sure. And... You have a project, for example, you find that project in the, in the finance system. No, but you, you're not reading the PDF document to see that, yeah, I'm a project manager. You log into the <laughs> finance system and you find your projects there. And you see income, you see uh, costs, you see people working there, you uh, approve of invoices, you put time in the project, expenses, etc., etc. Everybody does that. And it becomes a general ledger of you, basically, right? Mm -hmm. Or for the company or organization or anybody who's listening to this podcast, you can go to your finance people and they say, yeah, this is the way we do it. We let everybody work with their stuff. And when they work with their stuff, it turns out into become a, an annual statement, an annual financial statement. So, okay. and that is complexity. The number of invoices, the number of projects, the number of processes, the number of people involved, the number of tax receipts in an organization, flight tickets, mm -hmm. 3M post-it notes being bought. The finance people do that easily. And the scale of managing IT security, for example, is also staggering. The number of systems in a large organization that needs to have their backups checked. Are the backups checked? When were they checked? That's also a challenge of similar size. So what we have done in our business is to take great ideas from the finance industry and bring it into security management. Okay. And we call it compliance management because it's not only security. So when it comes to scale, if you have a very easy organization to work with from a financial standpoint, and it's big, maybe you can have some finance guy with an Excel spreadsheet. But if your business is complex, then you need to have finance systems. And that's the approach we're taking. We're creating a security management system or a compliance management system 
for complex organizations. And when it comes to IT, most organizations are complex. So yeah, how big? Our smallest customer is like two dozen uh, employees. And our largest for the same solutions and services are super big. Sure, sure. Like thousands. Okay, so it's more about complexity, as you say, complexity and how much systems, not thinking from the IT perspective, how many systems, uh, assets are. Okay, very, very interesting. So they are even relatively small organizations in terms of uh, number of people who are using solutions like that. And they really need, they really need, uh, they compliance management very seriously. Absolutely. I mean, for example, we are in the same industry, right? We're in the security industry. We're doing a little bit different things. So I'm asking you now, Oscar, uh, have you ever heard a security manager or a CISO or a risk manager complaining that the board of the company doesn't really take them seriously or do what they say? (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever heard that sometime, maybe? Well, yes, 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 I have that. Compared to the finance manager for the CFO. Mm-hmm. The CFO doesn't have to knock on the door when entering the office of the CEO, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Hi, it's me. You know, I need to tell you some things. <laughs> <laughs> it's me. Sorry, I needed to borrow your share on your desk. I needed to do something. Else. <laughs> and they have easy access to board. They have easy mm-hmm. access yes. to management. And why is that? It's because they govern the organization with predictability and stringency. If, you, if the CEO asks the CFO, what are our key performance indicators? Are we doing well? Did we have a good uh, quarter one? They get the answer just like that. They snap their fingers. They already have the numbers in their head, right? Possibly, yes. But what happens when the CEO says, yeah, okay, that, that sounded good. Maybe I should take the elevator down one floor and go and speak to the CISO guy. And then I say, hey, CISO guy, are we secure? <laughs> well, it depends. <laughs> okay, fine. Not Maybe it yet. Depends, but are, are we better now than we were half a year ago? Mm. Uh, you know, I'm going to make a little pen test and I'm going to buy a cool gadget, stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, you know, everybody can get hacked. Uh, matters or may, maybe not matters. Who knows? The key secret of the CFO is that they have metrics. Yes. And they are not having workshops and they're not issuing documents that uh, somehow transform into performance indicators, they press a return button. Mm-hmm. And they have tools. <laughs> in the tool. And they get their key performance indicators. And a tool, the finance tool, doesn't make the company financially stable. Mm-hmm. And a compliance tool or a security tool will never make a company secure. Mm-hmm. But it establishes the playground, so to say. It establishes a map on where to track progress, on where to look for key performance indicators, and where to look for white areas where no man has gone before. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, sorry, that's a super long answer to who needs compliance management and how big an organization has to be. But <laughs> Well, it's a, it's a very good metrics. one, actually. Yes, it all falls into metrics and the right tools. And it's an excellent analogy, what you have shown, uh, comparing to finance, that they have um, even more trust, as you say, more trust with the with CEO of the board because they are able to to present metrics, and this is because they have tools. So the tools are the main things that are lacking in many organizations, in the compliance management desks of many organizations. I would say it's even worse than that. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> of course, the tools are 
necessary because if the finance system of any organization is down because of yeah, broke down or technical maintenance or whatever, the CFO won't even go to work, right? <laughs> There's nothing to do. They go oh, yes. to the golf club instead. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see if the system is up tomorrow. Yes. But the really corny part of it is that there are so many people in the security and risk business who seem to accept that their own governance is less stringent than that of uh, financial management. Where, where did that come from? Well, how come so many people accept that they cannot show key performance indicators to the board? Mm. Because when you can do that, when you can say that, hey, this line is going down, it shouldn't be this down, it should, that, that line should go up, the board might say, yeah, you're right, it shouldn't go down, it should go up. How do we make the line go up? Well, you guys need to do some investments. Okay, so where do we put the money? That's a way to get investments. Mm. You're not getting investments by showing them a live hacker demo. Oh, look at this, a Unix system can be hacked. You need to be predictable. And in order to be predictable and be predictable every day, you need to have a system to work with. The finance people, they play golf if the system is down and they are successful. They know what this is about. Okay. And how did you get this inspiration from, from the finance industry for, for this? I've been a couple of years in a large American company mm -hmm. as a manager there. So it was quite close to me, really. Mm -hmm. uh, there were financial auditors working there. And, and after a while, I started to feel it, you know, like a stone in my shoe. <laughs> how come we cannot convince the boards mm -hmm. that security is important and that risk is important? How can we get, you know, one hour every half year to have a presentation when mm -hmm. the CFO guy doesn't have to knock on the door? Mm -hmm. So that's where I wanted to get. And I can tell you a little trade secret of mine because I work with business development, strategy development in this area. And if I have a, you know, a less than a top day at work, sometimes you're very, you know, great at what you're doing, and, but you have those other days at work. Mm, sure. One of those other days at work, if I don't find inspiration on what to do, I try to see something that uh, finance people do that I don't understand why they're doing it. <laughs> and it's quite often a great starting point to see that, yeah, you know, this is possible. This is a really smart thing they're doing, and it's possible also in the security, IT security, digital identities, IT risk area as well. We can steal a little bit of what they're trying to achieve. We need to do it differently, mm -hmm. but what they're doing is a smart thing. So what would that translate to in our business? So don't tell anybody, don't, don't uh, try to put this in a podcast or something, but strategy development in this area is super easy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So make sure you cut this away. <laughs> okay, well, it's very, very interesting what you said. Well, um great that uh, you find by working very closely with uh, financial experts or people who had uh, the right tools and were having the trust from the board, you get inspiration one day to put this into the compliance management. And that's what you are, the product services you are working with today. Right. Going a bit more specific into data identity, what would you say are the top regulations that organizations must really take uh, seriously to comply? Yeah, regulatory governance. That's today one of the key drivers of the IT security as such, right? I have even 
stumbled across uh, organizations who say that we don't do risk assessments anymore because there are so many regulatory requirements mm-hmm. on us that we need to spend all our money into mm-hmm. dealing with them to start with. So we are no longer doing any security at all for our own sake. <laughs> we are doing it to follow the requirements set on us by others, which is sad, right? Mm. But when it comes to those regulatory requirements, it would be, of course, what everybody is talking about and has done for some time, the GDPR. We also got the NIS with, uh, that comes with security and risk in uh, System-critical infrastructures such as uh, finance, water supply, telecommunications, transportation, energy, those kind of lines of businesses. And in the commercial sector, of course, PCI DSS, maybe not that hot anymore, but it has still uh, been an extremely successful regulation for many companies to deal with. But already, right? Mm-hmm. We put our finger on the complexity of uh, compliance management again. Because what would happen if you are a financial institution that needs to comply with personally identifiable information mm-hmm. re- legislation, GDPR, in uh, terms of uh, payment card infrastructures? Right now, you're a company that has to deal with NIS, GDPR, and PCI DSS, right? Mm-hmm. And There are people coming, auditors and uh, qualified security assessors in the PCI DSS industry or uh, whatever national uh, organizations you may have to govern the NIS uh, requirement. Is it possible, we said in the the starter, is it possible to guide, to govern an organization according to a PDF document? Probably not. (laughs) Now, three documents, will it be easier or harder? (laughs) Yeah, well, <laughs> it would be harder. Yeah, it would be harder, right? And if you're an international bank mm. and you have a meeting with somebody in Asia, you know, with the finance authorities in an Asian country, and they say, hey, you guys need to comply with our financial yes. legislation. So the question sounds simple. Okay, what are the requirements? But when they need to be implemented, there are no companies anymore that need to comply with one set of requirements. An online uh, betting company I worked with, mm-hmm. they, had, they counted 14 different legislations okay. with the impact on IT security for different areas. And they got the, the lottery inspection and they got PCI DSS and they got mm-hmm. some different national requirements. How do they govern their organization? If the backups are not checked in system X, which ones of these are they violating? And when the auditors come to check them out on uh, regulation 11, whatever that would be, and the auditor says, hey, give me proof that you are compliant to my regulation. I don't care about the other ones. <laughs> now, if you have a system, it would be great, right? Then, then you could, you know, press a button. Press the button, yeah. <laughs> it's a little bit work in advance, of course. But the challenge is that the system should lower the number of of the work that people need to do. Mm -hmm. Let's say that you have these 14 regulations, and eight of them has a requirement that you need to check your backups in some way or another. One regulation has a requirement in Chapter 1, and the other one has a regulation in Chapter 11. Mm -hmm. 
But still, there are only so many ways you can do an IT security guideline. There will be access control, there will be user management, there will be backups management, there will be patching, there will be source code checks. It will more or less be the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's some so redundancy. If, yeah. So if you check your backups, hey, I'm the system manager here, I get the requirement in my system saying that, you know, you need to check your backups and you press, you know, like, the like button or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you have answered these for eight of those 14. That's a trick. Mm-hmm. Could you, going more concrete also, um, what is the, um, could you give us some specific cases of compliance in, in identity, for instance? Yeah, of course, I should be able to do that. I would say that GDPR would be a great example there because you need to keep track of users. You need to keep track of people that you are um, whose data that you are processing in, in your system. And so where in your whole IT organization, where do you comply to the GDPR requirements? It's so easy for people to look for, you know, yeah, have a look at this. This is where I comply to that requirement. But that's not the way it works. Because if you're having your card checked up, different countries have different requirements for that. But here in Sweden, you need to drive your car to a facility every year and uh, they are checking it out so that the brakes are okay and that the tires are okay and that the, that the horn honks when you press it, you know? Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. Those guys, when they check the grooves of the tires, they're going to check all the tires, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And if one of your tires is blank, there are no grooves are any, anymore, they're going to fail you, right? Mm-hmm. But the issue we have, when we have no non-stringent Compliance methods. We put, uh, you know, a policy on the internet and telling people to obey. People look for the first place where they comply with the requirements. Hey, have a look at that tire. It's got three millimeter grooves. I'm safe, <laughs> and the other ones are blank. <laughs> Which means that they get an excuse, right? You audit them, and maybe you say that, oh, but here's the tire. Oh yeah, I forgot about that one. But uh, have a look at this one. So, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll put it on my to-do list. You know? And it would be great to have that in advance. So when it comes to working with GDPR and, of course, identity management as well, it's only personally identifiable information. That's a whole task bit, right? We get the ability to look through the whole processing environment and understand where are we compliant with, for example, GDPR and where not. Mm-hmm. Okay. You already told us something about the the idea of uh, Cybercom's approach, uh, this, the name of the services. Yeah. Yeah, I would like to know more is about more in detail how it works. It's, it, I know it's difficult to, to say in words because it, it's quite I visual. It. <laughs> Tell us more about this Cybercom's approach to compliance management. Yeah. You know, Cybercom is a company where you need to understand where we come from. Everything comes with a history, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. The reason I'm, I cannot find peace with the regular methods of security management that may be my background in the financial auditing area. Mm-hmm. The reason that we have this tool to start with is that Cybercom is a technical consultancy company. We write code. The average mm-hmm. Cybercom consultant gets upset when he or she needs to develop a PowerPoint presentation <laughs> or uh, something like that. We want to deliver code. Mm-hmm. That's what we do. So we're very much in the telecom industry. We are doing some very techy things. So this meant that I had colleagues. I had plenty of people around me who could develop, right? Mm -hmm. And we got this extremely 
fantastic consultancy project for the Stockholm transportation, public transportation, and that sounds super boring, right? <laughs> People, you know, driving buses and uh, trams and all tech, you know. So uh, I went to the first meeting for that project. They wanted us to shape up their security. Okay, sure, we can do that, whatever that means. <laughs> <laughs> and, they, and they rolled out, you know, like, um, like a network map, which was one square meter. It was an uh, A0-sized printout. Mm-hmm. And uh, that printout, it was like black. Black. There was so much ink on it. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it looked like uh, Frank Zappa's uh, The Black Page drum solo. Uh, uh, the, no, no, the script for that drum solo. It's, uh, it's called The Black Page because there is so much music on, in it, so it's nothing white left on the paper. <laughs> yeah. And that was that network map. And reading that map, I felt like, whoa, <laughs> you know, dizzy, a little bit scared. <laughs> and I said, well, you guys got a pretty complex IT environment. They laughed. <laughs> And so that is not our IT environment. This is the map of one of the three big projects we are running right now. <laughs> we have seven signaling systems. We got 14,000 online cameras. We got, and they started to count, you know. <laughs> they have their own uh, power grid. They have their own, you know, everything. Uh, they got their own um, radio and base station network. Mm-hmm. It was just plain silly. And they said, by the way, we haven't been working with IT security for 100 years. Where to start? (laughs) So that's where it started. We said, okay, you guys, you don't need a PowerPoint. You guys need a tool. Mm -hmm. And there are no tools that can deal with this. We can deliver some code to you, a proof of concept. And that's where it started. So I got the opportunity to start to have a sponsor for trying out my theories in practice here. At Cybercom, we had the people around to do the coding. Mm-hmm. So the whole idea of the approach, and by the way, we, we had a very happy customer in then. It took time, but um, mm-hmm. still, it's, uh, that's where it started and we're hugely successful there. The approach would be that, as I said, people cannot function without tools in this area. Mm-hmm. If we go back to this matrix I told you about, where the security requirements of the organization are the rows and then the columns are the programs or the IT assets or the computers or the processes. And we agreed that this is a very large matrix, right? Mm-hmm, yes. The whole idea of somebody having the security expert at meetings and workshops and do testing to analyze whether or not things are green or red in those buttons, right? In those cells, of that matrix, how long would it take? You got about 2000 working hours per year. So let's say that you have 200 requirements and you got a thousand places where those are applicable. You have an FTP implementation on the server. You have an Apache uh, server that runs on a Linux laptop. And you got the requirement saying that passwords should be 10 characters, which is a requirement that's applicable all over the line, right? How many passwords are there in an organization? So let's say that you have 2000 hours and now you can do the now you can do the math here. How many seconds do you need to put on every single cell in order to work that through for your big organization? <laughs> and, if, and if you can't do that, if you can't make this decision in 18 seconds, <laughs> you know, 
Are, are we working fine with backups here? <laughs> are we patching the system? Bang, 18 seconds. Yeah, not yeah. not not including the cup of coffee in the start of the meeting, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> including, sorry, including. Then you won't make it. So the approach is that people cannot do this work without tools. Traditional methods don't work. Mm. That's it. Writing a document and telling people to follow it and have workshops doesn't work. The finance people don't do that. Mm-hmm. So you cannot say that, well, it needs to be like this because this is best practice. It's not best practice. It's mm. common practice. It's not best. It's just what everybody did. Best practice are what the finance industry is doing. And it's about building mechanisms for efficient self-reporting so that you can bring up this self-reporting and see where you got things that looks worrisome, right? Mm-hmm. In case I would send in, you know, a thousand euros a worth of tax receipts every month in my term report, people will notice, right? Yeah. And then they are going to send an expert to me and say, hey, Bank, we need to discuss your tax receipts. <laughs> That's what the finance people are doing. The idea of having a designated security guide to find the insecurity of the organization, that translates to having a finance guy come and loot through my wallet to look for taxi receipts. <laughs> <laughs> and say, okay, this is a good taxi receipt. That is not a good taxi receipt. That's a taxi receipt. Hey, this is a Sunday taxi receipt. Did you really do this for work? Mm. Yeah. So the idea is that people cannot do this without tools, right? Because you don't have time to do it on an individual basis. You need to establish mechanisms for people to do efficient self-reporting, right? Yeah, exactly. But tools cannot work unless they are 100% generic, right? Because otherwise, you will need to make a GDPR tool, you know, that mm. works according to our way of dealing with GDPR. It can get you the sales meeting, but it won't make, give you a working customer. Because uh, every customer needs to tweak and twist, and uh, let's do it like this instead, right? Otherwise, it won't work for them. So. People cannot function without tools, and tools cannot function without being generic. Mm-hmm. And here comes the last part, right? <laughs> <laughs> tools can function, generic tools cannot function without people. Right. So, <laughs> because otherwise you just sat there with a set of screwdrivers and uh, you don't know uh, yeah, exactly. what to do with them. So our approach is consultants and technology that they bring with them. And then we install the, the tools in the customer's own environment and we start helping them working with it, build, operate, transfer. Mm-hmm. And then if the customer loves our consultant, sure, they can continue working there. But if they want to start doing it on their own, yeah, we just leave the tools. Mm-hmm. So that's the approach. It's not a technical business, and a, but it's not a single consultancy business either. It's a hybrid delivery. Yeah, so ultimately, as you said, the last element is the, the people means that almost everybody, almost every employee would be using these tools, correct? Right. But for them, it's super easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's the goal, uh, yes. I mean, uh, for the average Joe somewhere, they will uh, regard this as an interactive security policy, which only contains the stuff that is uh, applicable for them. If they're a Unix guy, 
we are going to read the security manual, it's going to look like almost like a survey system, you know, SurveyMonkey or stuff like that. It's, mm -hmm. They are going to read the requirements and they can click right into the requirements and tell things or upload files or write stuff or do things. You don't need to have a PhD in financial management in order <laughs> to send in a tax certificate, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you don't need to know anything. <laughs> Here's my we'll Linux. If you're a <laughs> Linux guy, and then you have a, your compliance system, and you log in there, single sign-on, you find the name of your Linux system, you click it, you get the 29 requirements that you need to comply with in order for the bank or for the organization to get their KPIs and uh, to understand whether or not they are compliant to miss or not. Mm -hmm. And then if you put in weird things there, people are going to notice. And that's where the organization's own experts are going to rush in and start auditing. Because you audit the extraordinary mm. to understand why, right? That's what the finance people do. Exactly. Well, sounds like an excellent approach and almost like a dream, dream tool for people can do very easily with generic tools, as you said, generic tools that uh, from the perspective of the user are so easy and cover all the possible compliance that are relevant for a specific person. So sounds like an excellent tool that uh, changed the paradigm for compliance management we have been hearing and knowing for all this time. Yeah. Ben, finally, I would like to ask you if you can give us for... Anybody, for a common user, common John, as you mentioned, and some final tip to protect our digital identity? For the common user, no, I wouldn't go there to give some advice there because the common user, they have little possibility to sort out things. I would rather focus on the persons who are in charge of the decisions, who are decision makers, and who need to guide their organizations through the mass of digital identities and access management, if that's okay. Yes, please. Okay, sure. The most important thing is that digital identity, that's a piggybacking business, right? It's harder to establish. Technology, there are great technology providers around that can help you. And, you know, I'm talking with UbiCQ right now. <laughs> it's, uh, that's what you do, right? <laughs> the, Wonderful thing for people to start thinking about is they say, wouldn't it be great if we could authenticate our users or wouldn't it be great if we could have the same login all over our organization? And that is, of course, to piggyback on digital identities provided in other organizations or in other systems. I don't know how international this podcast is, but we got the bank ID environment here in Sweden, which is hugely successful and people are using it for all kinds of purposes. And it's super easy to, for companies to get going and start working with that. But there are other providers of IDs as well. And even if you cannot get a very, very strong authentication with registration and things like that, it, it still makes sense to use external entities to provide that digital identities because at least you can easily make sure that who was authenticated at one time is the same person or mm. as re we are reason to believe that it's the same person at a later day as well. So federation, 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 and look for identity and access management sources in your organization. And that was super hard once upon a time, but today it's so much easier. I mean, mm -hmm. for, for our tool, compliance portal, I mean, configuring some authentication to get a uh, single sign-on for the organization. And that's like uh, two certificates and uh, three URLs and 
a gift for the giving. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, <laughs> like five years ago, it wasn't almost possible. Today, it's mm-hmm. super easy. So make sure that you look for identity sources around you and uh, use them, integrate them. That's my time. That's my... Uh, Thanks a lot, Bengt. It was really great talking with you about how this approach of compliance management very inspired in the finance industry and having these generic tools that everybody can use. Please let us know how people can find you on the net. What are the best ways for that? Yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn. I'm pretty active on LinkedIn, mostly in Swedish, though, but uh, I understand some English. So if you search for Bengt, B-E-N-G-T, Berg, B-E-R-G, Bengt Berg, Or you can just email me at bengt.berg at cybercom.com. Cybercom.com. Make sure to get the .com in the end there, because if you write cybercom.mil, that's an absolutely different organization, and I don't work there. Hmm. Okay. Again, thanks a lot, uh, Bengt, and all the best. Okay. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Let's Talk About Digital Identity produced by UbiSecure. Stay up to date with episode at ubisecure.com slash podcast or join us on Twitter at ubisecure and use the hashtag LTADI. Until next time. <laughs>